Let's continue reading verses 30 through 35 of Joshua chapter 8. Now in this last section of the chapter, we have the record of Israel's renewal of the covenant at Shechem in the central part of the land. Joshua chapter 8, beginning now at verse 30. Now Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal, as Moses the servant of the Lord had commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man has wielded an iron tool. And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. Then all Israel, with their elders and officers and judges, stood on either side of the ark before the priests, the Levites, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as he was born among them. Half of them were in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before, that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, with the women, the little ones, and the strangers who were living among them. Once again, let's begin this section of Joshua 8 with some background notes. After Israel's victory over Ai, they took time out temporarily from further battles and renewed the covenant. This was in obedience with what God had commanded Israel to do when they came into the land. I'm reading Deuteronomy 27, 1 through 8. Now Moses, with the elders of Israel, commanded the people, saying, Keep all the commandments which I command you this day. And it shall be on the day when you cross over the Jordan to the land which the Lord your God is giving you, that you shall set up for yourselves large stones and whitewash them with lime. You shall write on them all the words of this law when you have crossed over, that you may enter the land which the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord God of your fathers promised you. Therefore it shall be when you have crossed over the Jordan that on Mount Ebal you shall set up these stones which I command you this day, and you shall whitewash them with lime. And there you shall build an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. You shall not use an iron tool on them. You shall build with whole stones the altar of the Lord your God and offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God. You shall offer peace offerings and shall eat there and rejoice before the Lord your God. And you shall write very plainly on the stones all the words of this law. The rest of this chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 27, gives the details of how half of the tribes were to go up on the slopes of Mount Gerizim and represent the blessings of the law, and half of the tribes were to go up on the slopes of Mount Ebal and represent the cursings of the law. So here in Joshua 8, we see this covenant renewal taking place in the heart of the land at Shechem. Shechem was the place where Abraham had built an altar and worshipped the Lord when he came into the land. Shechem was the place where Jacob had bought some land and dug a well. Jacob's well is there to this day. You can even drink water from Jacob's well. Very deep, as the Lord said. You drop a stone into Jacob's well today, count 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004, splash. That's how deep it is. And of course, uh, this is where our Lord met the Samaritan woman. The Mount Gerizim of verse 33 here is the very mountain 
that the Samaritan woman referred to when she said to the Lord, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. The area between the two mountains, Gerizim and Ebal, formed a natural amphitheater, ideal for this ceremony. The priests with the ark would have been in the center of the congregation, with the respective tribes spread out on the slopes of the two mountains. As Joshua read the words of the law of God, there may have been an antiphonal response from the two groups of tribes, especially as Joshua read the blessings and cursings of the law. The tribes on the slopes of Mount Gerizim saying amen to the blessings, and the tribes on the slopes of Mount Ebal saying amen to the cursings. Now, even before the reading of the law, there were two other significant events that took place in this renewal of the covenant. Joshua built an altar of natural stones on the slopes of Ebal, and the people offered burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. You know, some archaeologists believe that there are still some stones left from that altar. There's a structure there on Mount Ebal. There's some debate on, as to whether it's an altar or a building. But some archaeologists believe that the remains of that altar are there to this day. And then, of course, the other significant event is that Joshua wrote on the stones the words of the law. Now, from Joshua chapter 8 that we've read, it sounds like Joshua carved the words of the law into the stones of the altar. However, a close reading of Deuteronomy 27, as we've read that chapter, part of it, seems to indicate that Joshua wrote on some other stones, which had been plastered over with lime, and built into a monument. In any case, the law was inscribed there. Maybe he wrote on both sets of stones, the monument and on the altar. So it's a little bit hard to put it all together there to be precise, but definitely an altar built and also the words of the law inscribed on the stones. Now one more background note. In verses 33 and 35, we read about the strangers who were living among them. Who are these strangers? Who are these people? Well, in Exodus chapter 12, we read about a number of Egyptians who came out of Egypt with the children of Israel. So they would constitute some of these strangers. And then most likely, when the children of Israel wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, probably a number of wilderness Bedouins would have joined the covenant community. These then would be the strangers or aliens among the people of Israel. Well, so much for background. Let's move now to our doctrinal or teaching points for this last section of Joshua chapter 8. Doctrinal teaching point number one. The old covenant was established with animal sacrifices and writing on stones. The old covenant was established with animal sacrifices and writing on stones. The covenant that is renewed and ratified here in Joshua chapter 8 is the Mosaic law, which was given by God at Mount Sinai. That covenant was written on tablets of stone and maintained with animal sacrifices. Now here in Joshua chapter 8, that same covenant is renewed and ratified with animal sacrifices and again inscribed on stones. We know that this covenant was not a lasting covenant because it was a conditional covenant. And Israel broke the conditions of the Mosaic covenant. The people did not keep the laws of God written on stone, and they did not bring the required sacrifices when they sinned. 
But praise the Lord, that was not the end of the story. The old covenant was established with animal sacrifices and inscribed on stone, but, and now we have doctrinal point number two, the new covenant is established with the sacrifice of Christ and writing on, fill in the blank, writing on hearts, right. Doctrinal point number two, the new covenant is established with the sacrifice of Christ and writing on hearts. In Romans 10, verse 4, we read that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Romans 10, 4. The old covenant is no longer because we couldn't keep it. But the old covenant did point forward to a better covenant, as Romans 4 indicates. All those animal sacrifices pointed forward to the one great sacrifice to come, the sacrifice of Christ for our sins. And the writing on stones pointed forward to the writing on hearts of the new covenant. I'm reading Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10, which is a quote from Jeremiah 31. Hebrews 8 verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. In the context of Jeremiah 31, the new covenant is made with Israel. But we see here from Hebrews chapter 8 that the new covenant is extended to all believers. The new covenant is based on the sacrifice of Christ. That is what we remember in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Remember the Lord said at the institution of the Supper, Matthew 26, 28, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Matthew 26, 28. As a result, the law of God is written on our hearts. What does that mean, written on our hearts? That is, when we accept Christ as our Savior, there is a change of heart because we're born again and the Holy Spirit indwells us and empowers us to do God's will. Let me ask you this morning. Is the law of God written on your heart? Do you want to please the Lord in everything you do and say? Are you a Christian? Are you born again? If not, why not accept the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior this morning and come under the benefits of the new covenant? You can have the law of God written on your heart. The new covenant is established with the sacrifice of Christ and writing on hearts. Practical application. Practical application number one, let's take time out for worship. Let's take time out for worship. The conquest was not over in Joshua chapter 8. There was still a lot of territory to conquer and possess. But Israel took time out from the fighting to worship the Lord and renew the covenant. Do you see the application? You know, we can get so busy in serving the Lord and fighting the good fight that we fail to take time out for worship. Would you agree? Easy to do as a Christian, right? Christian service and fighting the good fight are extremely important, but we need to take time out to worship the Lord. You know, that's what we did here this morning at the celebration of the Lord's Supper. We worship the Lord. Some folks are so active in ministries and service projects that worship takes a low priority. That should not be. This is not biblical balance. 
Let me ask you, do you have a problem in this area? Let's take time out for worship. Practical application number two. Let's take time out for covenant renewal. Let's take time out for covenant renewal. We live in a day of little commitment and broken covenants. Even marriage commitments and covenants are treated lightly. This attitude is certainly not taught in the Bible. In the Bible, covenants are serious commitments. That's why this covenant renewal ceremony here in Joshua chapter 8 was important. In the same way, we need to take time out to renew our covenants, especially in this day of little commitment and broken covenants. You know, Margie and I just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. I should have gotten a cheer on that one, right? <laughs> 40, I can't believe it. Anyway, you know, every anniversary for every married couple should be a renewal of the covenant that they made with each other before God. And even further, you know, just this weekend, we had a family get-together. Family get-togethers are great times for remembering and renewing and ratifying commitments and responsibilities towards one another. It doesn't have to be formal, but just reassuring each other that we care for each other. That's covenant renewal. Let's take time out for covenant renewal. 